0: A um, couple things not to forget, we do next Sunday morning, we are starting the three services. And so 8, 10, and noon. Um, some people are saying, I'll well, say this service moves back to 10, the first one moves back to 8, but that's not actually what happened. Um, first service, the eight thirty thirty service, we're moving to noon. And the uh, 10.30 service, which is right now, we're moving to 8, and then we're creating a 10 o'clock service, okay? <laughs> so everybody clear about that? Write that down. Um, 8, 10, and noon. Choose what you want. It's your it's your call. Um, but uh, kind of looking forward to this. I know it's going to be challenging, specifically on some of our departments and our leaders and stuff. It is going to be um, challenging to get all the volunteers and stuff. That's why we've been talking about this so much. We need you to jump in. We need you to get involved. Now, I'm going to go over um, a little bit this morning about some of that, our mission, our vision, some of that kind of stuff. But we really do need you to get involved and... Um, processing and thinking about uh, that, that uh, in April, by April-ish, we're going to be looking for a uh, loan to build a new facility, and so we're going to need money in the bank. So will be thinking about that too. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit this morning, not a lot, and then a more in about three weeks uh, for all of this. So just remember, next week, 8, 10, and noon. Next week, 8, 10, and noon, all right? No longer any other numbers. Don't think any other numbers, 8, 10, and noon, right? How many of you think you're going to go to the noon service? Really? Okay. We're kind of worried about that one because we think by then everybody's going to be done. But I've had quite a few people tell me, no, I sleep late, and I want to go to the latest service possible. We have a noon one. We may start a two one. Who knows? Just for you. <clears throat> so um, uh, I have not been uh, talking much about this, but I do want to mention this. I haven't been talking about it actually at all because uh, we had to keep this a secret until this last week, but uh, yes, I am suing the governor and uh, Speaker McCluskey. Um, Some people in first service said they heard it on the news and stuff this morning, and uh, yes, I'm doing that. I don't want to go into great detail now, but it basically comes down to this. Uh, The Democrats are Marxist bullies, and they are used to getting their way. And Republicans usually don't stand up against them. And I'm one of the few that has. And, uh, and so I've stood up against them in a few ways. They attack me in unconstitutional ways, and, um, in unethical and illegal ways. And so we have a very strong lawsuit that, uh, that, is, that, is, that we just filed this last week that will make sure that at least in some areas we push back and say, you cannot, you cannot bully us. And break the law to pick on us, and um, and so and the good thing about it is the whole goofy Social Security um, law, the Tabor refund law that was going to make it so that people that never pay taxes get refunds and you get less because of that. That's the law that we that the issue is over and that one will be taken off the slate. It will no longer exist. It's 182.7 million dollars that the that will now the taxpayers will not have to pay, and so. So I'm proud of this. <clears throat> um, but it's not because I'm looking for something. It's because they keep stepping in it so bad, and they do not care about anybody's rights. They do not care about the people, and I'm not going to let that continue to happen. And uh, this is going to be a very easily winnable lawsuit. So, um, so I'll, I'll give you more details. And I have had a lot of questions. Many of you sent me emails, texts. I mean, immediately when the, le- when the uh, news came out, that um, Trump was going to be left off the ballot. I got, I don't know, 150 emails <laughs> within like two minutes. And, uh, and I mean, it was, just, it was just going crazy. And text messages and everything. And thank you, thank you for all for letting me know. But I knew, I already knew. <laughs> I already knew that. But uh, I, I'm joking about that because anytime something comes across that you think I need to know, send it to me. Okay, I I do make little jokes about that, but send it to me because I do find stuff out sometimes um, in the the strangest ways. But, yes, Colorado Supreme Court did this stupid, unconstitutional thing. It's going to go to the SCOTUS. SCOTUS is going to tear it down. This is dumb. This is why Speaker of the House um, Griswold, uh, uh, I mean the, uh, boy, I got them all in my head, crazy. Uh, Secretary of State Griswold has already said, no, he will be on the ballot. Some people have said, oh, it's because she recognizes the constitutionality of this. She was the one who was making sure that the Supreme Court got the lawsuit to take him off the ballot. Don't let that fool you. She was the one in charge of that, okay? But she also recognizes this is not constitutional, and she doesn't want to look like a complete fool later. And so she's, she's got this back on the ballot. Don't be nervous about this stuff, guys. Some other states, because of Colorado, some other states started doing this. The SCOTUS has still got their brains. Um, This was not a a legal thing. This wasn't a constitutional thing. This was four activist judges proving a point. They know it's going to get overturned. The the three dissenting judges are all Democrats and they said the other four are crazy. (laughs) They said this is not constitutional and it's wrong and they shouldn't have done it because they know this is an activist move. Don't be scared about that stuff. What you need to be paying attention to is these things are smoke screens for other stuff. They're doing everything they can to keep from the American people how completely inept our president is and where our country is going. And so stay focused on some stuff. I, I told you this, I've been saying it for months now, this, there will be another pandemic this year. Probably by summertime, because they have to do something before the election. So keep your eyes on, on the goals. Keep your eyes on reality, and don't let all these little skirmishes distract you from the really big picture. Okay, we've got a bunch of stuff that's coming up this year that are, that's, that's going to be very important for us to, to be aware, to be educated, to be vocal, to be knowing what's happening. And so so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, talk, uh, kind of recap some things from this year. But I also want to lay out a little bit of our vision for next year, and I'm, going to, I'm just going to talk a little bit briefly about it right now, and then over the next six weeks, eight weeks, I'm going to be unpacking this, okay, piece by piece, and we're going to, in a little bit we're going to get down to Proverbs chapter 3, and that's kind of the outline for, actually the message, but it's actually the outline for, most of the outline for the vision for this year coming up and what we're going to be trying to accomplish let me say this. I didn't say this in first service, but I do say this regularly. Just so that you know, as I'm walking down through this, so, that, so we're really clear about how I look at stuff and how our church processes this, we do not and we will never have, as long as I'm pastor of this church, we will never have a church at Briargate growth plan. Okay? That is not, I don't think that comes from the Bible anywhere. And I don't think that that God put me as the pastor here or this church here to grow church at Briargate, okay? So we will never have a local church growth plan. What we have is a kingdom growth plan. Our goal is to help everybody, and we're going to get to our mission statement here in a little bit, but our goal is to help everybody know Jesus better and to be able to tell others about him, okay? Okay. And so as the kingdom of God grows, which means we're all growing in the Lord and then helping others know him, as that happens, Church at Briargate does grow in the process. And we do have plans of how to facilitate that, but it's not to facilitate growth, it's to facilitate the development of people and the development of the kingdom of God. And I'll explain a little bit more of that. But but we I just I am not a fan of this. We're going to grow Church of Briar. We're going to be 500 people next year. We're going to be 1,000 people. I don't think the Lord looks at it like that. And I think it's been detrimental for the church to look at it like that. I think it's countercultural to the Lord's culture. And what we do is we build an American church culture that's actually, at the end of the day, it's not very biblical. And so we, we want to make sure you understand how we're looking at all this and how we're processing and what the goal is. Now, with that, I do want to show you some of the things that we're going to be looking at Trying to accomplish this year, our vision is usually fairly um, similar year by year. There's not a lot of changes. Our mission will always be the same. Our vision changes a little bit. But this year we're gonna we're gonna change it a little bit more than normal. Okay. Now with that processing this this last year, um, the things that have happened, uh, stuff that's going on in process or whatever. It's always amazing to me when you get to the end of the year and you look back. What. What happened this last year, and then how that, and then you got macro level, you got like, what happened around the world, what happened around your country, what happened around your state, and then you get down to your world, your life, and what happened in in your life, um, and how much of that you could have, it could be different, how much control you had over some things, and how much control you didn't have over other things, and uh, what that looks like. Um, we we always get to the end of the year and we realize uh, certain people that um, passed away that are not with us now that were at the beginning of the year. Sometimes that's a surprise. Sometimes it's not a surprise. Uh, sometimes it's somebody that's young. Sometimes it's somebody that's older. Uh, and and you know th- those kind of things really make you make you process. They make you think about life, mortality, all of those kind of things, and and what that looks like. We also. You know, babies are born through the year, as we've said, we have a, we have a, a rash of that going on around here. Um, <clears throat> I would just say stay away from the water, because you never know. But uh, Lynn and I are praying for another one. We are... This could be our year. <laughs> if, if we do, if we have a baby this year, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to own a doctor. So... Um, a lot of things that you process at the beginning of the year, you want this to happen, um, things that, that, that don't happen that you want to and things that do happen that you didn't want to or, or maybe you didn't expect. There's always surprises throughout the year, right? There's, there's um, family things, there's job things, there's relational things, financial things, stuff that happened throughout the year, good and bad, that you, that you, that you either plan for, don't plan for, expect, don't expect, those kind of things. But what that looks like um, and, and as we get t- to the end of this, I'll, I'll talk more about this as we get to the end, then over these next few weeks, I'm going I'm to hopefully try to help you be very intentional about developing some kind of plan, uh, some kind of plan that says, this is, this, is where, this is what I think the Lord is saying to me, but then also, this is where I think I would like things to happen, and those are not, are not also always spiritual things. Okay, I'll get to that more as, as we get to the end of this, but um, also, are we growing and Developing and maturing along the way, that's, we're going to put a lot of emphasis on that this year. I'll explain that. But uh, to really think about what is it, just because you get older doesn't mean you're closer to God, doesn't mean you know more of the Word, doesn't mean that you are uh, wise, m- more wise or more mature. Those things are not givens just because you get older. I had a pastor years ago that used to say, I was a youth pastor in like um, 91, and he used to always say this, it's sad when you have to part the beard to give him the bottle, I'll let you process that a little bit. So I'm like, why would you? Oh, okay. All right. Um, age doesn't mean maturity, right? Uh, you have to be intentional about those things. The same way that, you know, when you're 25, you're not processing uh, retirement plans. When you get to 55, you're thinking, hmm, I should have done more, right? Because if you're not intentional, uh, it things don't just happen. And so you have to be really thinking through, what, what are you intentional about? What are you... In all areas of your life, what are you intentional about? And, and, and what has happened this last year? This is important. What has happened this last year that the Lord wanted to teach you something, grow you, mature you, use these things? Did you, did you let the Lord do that? Were you, were you open to that? Were you intentional about that? Uh, or were you not? Um, this is one of the things we're going to focus on. And I'm going to unpack this a little bit too. But uh, what does it mean about being very intentional about letting the Lord do certain things in your life? I've been watching for years and years in, in, as a pastor of a church where God will begin to stir somebody to do something or to, to be or to process or something, and, uh, and they resist or just openly reject what the Lord is trying to do because that, that is a bad place. That's a dangerous place, and while there's only so much people like me can affect that, we're going to be a lot more focused and intentional about that this year as church leadership as a church staff and things about how we can how we can help you accomplish what God wants you to accomplish okay and again this isn't um, this isn't so church of Briargate grows it's really not and if you if you're around here in length of time you understand that you already know that's not who we are around here but we do want you to grow i want to grow i want to mature i want you to mature what is God saying to us about this? It's going to look different for every single person, but there are certain things that we can do to help that, okay? And so I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. So um, a lot of, a lot of uh, salvations that uh, happened this last year, a lot of people that baptized. We were talking about this in the last staff meeting. We were putting these stats together. We're going to, we're going to talk to our volunteers at our volunteer gala first about this, and then I'll talk a little bit about it in the church about um, all of the things that happened this last year, miracles and, and lives that were changed and just so many things. And some of you are sitting here that you gave your heart to the Lord this year that you'd never done that before. And, and we want to acknowledge that. We want to put emphasis on, on those kind of things. Missions, missions giving, missions trips, we're talking about that some over the next few weeks. But we did something at Church of Berger we've never done before. Uh, this last year, and we had, and this was through our district, so my wife was actually the coordinator of this through our Summers of God district office, but we had a, um, a, a, an all-family missions trip. Um, we've never done that before, and, and every single family that came back that had one or more people that were involved with it said it's the coolest thing they've ever done. Because they're not, not only going, it's not like the kids go on the mission trip and dad goes here and does it. They were all together, and so they're ministering and praying for people and doing things as families. Um, that that's pretty powerful, and we're looking to to do some more. We got some other things that we're looking at doing too, but we really we really like this family missions uh, mentality, and it just it was a new thing for us um, this last year. And then all the building stuff, there was goods and bads, right? That happened this last year. We didn't get the loan. Um the, the, the um, loan-to-value kept changing It kept changing. And finally, it got to 50% loan-to-value. And we're like, we don't have 50% cash sitting here. And so we, we pulled back on that. We still were doing some things, landscaping some other things around. But looking at it now, I, I do trust God in this. I didn't like it. I don't necessarily like it now. Um, I don't like the fact that everybody has to sit right up against somebody else. Um, it's fun for a little while, um, but not very long, right? It's like it's like when I'm in bed at night and Linda uh, moves over close to me. I love to snuggle with her for about a minute and a half, right? And then you start sweating and you're thinking, why are we doing this? This is this is why we have a king size bed, right? So so. So that's kind of where we are. We've been doing this a while. We've been doing this for a handful of years around here now. We know we need a building. You don't have to keep telling me. We need a building, but now we just need to put a lot of money in savings between now and April. I'll talk about that some in about three or four weeks also. Um, but just in, to encourage you to be thinking about that as we start the new year. Maybe a monthly commitment or something to the building or, or however you want to do it. You know, a $200,000 check or just whatever. whatever. In fact, you, you can write that today. You get into the year tax stuff. Uh, on that, so, so we'll be looking at all that. But I want to I f- start first with our mission statement that um, we at Church at Briargate, uh, we are here to enable people, and we exist to enable people under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to supernaturally draw close to Jesus Christ and, bring, and to bring as many others along as possible. Now, usually we put a lot of our emphasis, if not most of our emphasis, on the last part of this, which is to bring as many others along as possible. Um, this year we're going to put um, a, a little more emphasis. We're not doing away with that. We're still going to be about witnessing to people. We're still about outreach. We're still about trying to get people to know Jesus Christ in every area of ministry, in children's ministries, youth, uh, men, women, everything. We're, we're, we're focused on helping people know Jesus is their Savior. We will always be. That is, that, is what, that is what drives me. That's my heart, my passion. Um, we are going to focus on this a little more this year about how can we help, um, everybody do the first part, which is to, um, supernaturally draw close or to our part of our tagline. We simplified it into two things. Um, the first one is part of it is pursue Jesus. How can we, how can we pursue the Lord? And we're going to, we're going to put a lot of emphasis on that this year and try to help you figure this out. Okay. As I was saying, I know, I know people that that the Lord begins to stir in their heart and tell them to, to, this, to do this or to go th- this direction or to start this ministry or do something like that. And, um, and they resist it or just outright reject it. Well, I can't change that. I think we can put some parameters in place to maybe make that a little more difficult for it to be so easy to do, okay? One of the ways that you can reject the Lord the easiest is to be a little bit in isolation, to be disconnected or separated Um, from from very committed, caring people around you, all right? The two basic ways that we're going to do this this year is, and and again, I'll unpack these, but to explain it to you now, the the basic way we're going to do this this year is that we're going to do whatever we can to encourage you to be part of a life group, either be part of one or start one. Uh, And then you have a, a collection of believers that are part of your regular, ongoing existence, there's a lot more accountability that happens there, a lot more encouragement, a lot more family mentality that's there. And then the second part of that is we want to, to develop opportunities, but then also teach and, and plan and preach uh, for you to get engaged somewhere, to get involved. Now, we've been talking a lot about um, getting involved at Church of Gate because we have such a big need with volunteers right now with the three services, okay? But I understand that, that scripturally working in a local church doing ministry is a small part of what God is actually doing with you, okay? This is important because a lot of the ministry that God has for you is actually outside the doors of this church. It's in your communities, in your workplace, it's these kind of things. And so we want to we help you do that. We want to help you rise to the calling, rise to the occasion that the Lord has for you. But we also want to encourage you to get involved in some, in some of the things that we're doing around here. Um, it's 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 ways to get connected with people and get uh, connected with ministry, and so that's that's part of this uh, plan going forward. And you'll see that as we unpack some of this uh, um, over the next few weeks. Another part of this is the fact that um, that we we do. I, I want to be very intentional the first couple months, definitely. But then obviously I do this all the time. But I'm gonna be very intentional in these next two months about. What I would say is, is um, Christianity 101. These are the basics, right? But what I have found over the years is what we consider to be the basics and the foundation, which they are, their are life direction. You never stop, like, like studying God's Word, that's a basic, right? That should be. But the moment you think, okay, I've learned it and I'm going to move to something else, something's wrong with your Christian thinking, right? You're going to spend the rest of your life... Getting in God's word and knowing about him and understanding things and having it unpacked to you and by the Holy Spirit and even by others. And that's part of what life groups do and things. So, yes, these are going to be the basics over the next two months, but they are they are vitally important. And without these, you don't have a foundation that you build other things on. You don't have a foundation that, that is necessary for your Christian walk. You know, something simple with the word of God. The word of God, have I hid in my heart that I won't sin. So, so God's Word is vital even in saying no to temptation. A lot of stuff that goes along with this. And so we're going we're gonna to be looking at um, the, these basics. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, go over kind of the... Uh, the I'm going to try not to engage in every single one of these points. You know how difficult that is for me. But try to keep it very simple this morning. And then over the next couple months we'll unpack these. But let's start with Matthew chapter 3. This is immediately <clears throat> after the Christmas story. And, uh, and, and in Matthew, um, Luke, Luke stays longer in this, in this vein. Um, Matthew jumps straight, you know, 30 years later, right? He, he skips the part where Jesus is in the temple and all this, and he jumps 30 years later, right? So, so this is what we see. In those days, verse 1, Matthew 3, In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. Now remember, who was John the Baptist? <clears throat> Jesus' cousin, Right? Remember, the angel came to Elizabeth also and said, you're going to have a baby. And this is the only place we see this in scripture. It says that, that John um, jumped or leapt within her womb because the Holy Spirit filled him. Right? We don't see that anywhere else. There's actually no biblical context for that. The, the scripture shows us this was unique to John the Baptist. Right? We believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit, but we believe you've got to figure it out. You've got to be saved first, and you've got to desire the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But this was a supernatural thing, and, and, and God was preparing John the Baptist because he was basically, as Scripture shows us, he was the next Elijah, right? And so, so John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. By the way, the message has not changed. That's still the message. Repent and turn to God. That's still the message. That's what Jesus died on the cross for. It has not changed. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John, and now Matthew is saying this, and, and so that, that helps us know. I've talked about this some, I don't want to go and belabor this, but when something is quoted in the New Testament, it shows you the reference point for how you're supposed to look at it in the Old Testament. Okay? And so Matthew says the prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said this. Isaiah may not have known. Well, Isaiah didn't know he was speaking about John. He just knew he was prophesying about this. But now Matthew tells us who Isaiah was talking about when he said this. Okay? So when you're reading Isaiah, you go, oh, that's about John. Well, how do you know that? Because Matthew told me. All right? So this is what he said. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said... He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. That's the message, that's the, the mentality that we're supposed to have. Now, I, I talk a lot about this around here. I really believe Jesus is coming soon. I really do believe that. But let's say I'm completely wrong and Jesus isn't coming back for another thousand years. Here's revelation for you, not the book, my personal one for you, is you're not going to live a thousand years. Are you following me? So guess what? Life is over for you when it's over. You don't get another chance. You get one shot at life. Don't waste it. Don't don't make it about you. Don't spend all your time and energy just doing things for you. Focus in on the fact that Jesus is coming. You say, what if he's not coming for another thousand years? You're going to stand before him long before that okay, your life will be accountable long before uh, a thousand years from now. So it doesn't matter when Jesus is actually coming back, although I strongly, strongly believe he's coming back soon, and I talk about that regularly out of Scripture. But either way, you get one shot at this life. Guess what? Jesus is coming. Think like that. Live like that. Believe like that. Act like that in life and in work and in, in play and everything. Jesus is coming, think like that. The church has got away from that too much. It's so much about stuff and things and, and all the little things we do in church and the programs and all. But guys, at the end of the day, it's, this is about Jesus. There is no Christianity without Christ. There is no church without Jesus. And we've got to, we've got to focus in on that. We're going we're gonna to work hard and at at that this year, is just focusing in. Jesus, this is about you. We need you. We need you. We need your blood covering us. We need your direction in our life. We need to pursue you and the things of you. And let all the other stuff take care of itself. We need to pursue you. So Proverbs chapter 3. I broke this into two sections and then I'll give you the the, kind of the points at the end of each section for each section. But... Verse 1, Proverbs 3. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. This is different than just reading Scripture. You know that, right? This is more than just reading it. This is putting it in your, inside you, carrying it, making it part of you, making it part of your, your DNA, that Scripture guides you and leads you, that you're not just making your decisions. I'll get to that, too. But that you're following Scripture. This is vital. If you do this, you will live many years and your la- life will be satisfying. I-, I have said this forever. I've said this for, for 33 years I've been in ministry. And, and I still, the church still struggles with this. When I say this, I'm saying the church at large. You do not have a specific day that God said you were going to die, it does not say that in Scripture. It says that it's appointed unto you once to die, but not when. And there's scripture after scripture after scripture that says the Lord will extend your life. He will give you more years. He will, and then he says he will give you a satisfying life. One of the simplest ones, Ten Commandments. Honor your mother and father so you don't die early. That's the way my mom used to quote it to me. It's not exactly how it goes. But right Honor your father and mother. Why? So that your life will be longer. Psalms 91, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. And he says right here that when you do this you will live many years. Be obedient to God. Be focused on God. Do you know where we get um, There, there's a specific moment you're supposed to die? That's Taoism. It's a Form of Hinduism, okay? Taoism, this is how you can look at it. Everything is X's, straight lines, Y's, or T's. Everything in life is that. Your life ends in a T. Your life crosses somebody else in an X. Your life um, either goes into two lives. That's how you know, children are born. Through, or it becomes one when you meet people. I mean, that's Taoism. That is not Christianity. God wants to give you long life. How does he do that? By you being obedient to him. You following him. Does he know when you're going to die? Yes. But that doesn't mean that he chose it for you. We've got to make sure we, we get this stuff scripturally. There's a lot of things we do like this in Christianity. If you do this, you will live many years. If. And your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. That's a big one we've lost in today's society. Loyalty and kindness. Loyalty to people, loyalty to, 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 to circumstance, situations, being loyal. Um, the biggest place that I see this is in the workplace. We don't, we don't have loyalty to the, to the workplace anymore, to the company or whatever. Now, I know there's a, there's a legitimate other side to that coin is that, by the way, the company doesn't have any loyalty to you anymore. I understand that. I know that exists. But even back in the day when the company couldn't care who you were, people were still loyal. To the boss, to the job, to the work. Maybe not the corporation or whatever, but, but just being loyal. What about loyalty within friendships, relationships? And we're losing that in society today. We can look right at each other and just lie. We can, here's a simple way to prove this. Name 10 at a national level, because I do think you can name a handful. Name 10 politicians at the national level that you trust completely. Think about this. That's not even part of the mix anymore. I've had people ask me about this being a representative. Is is it as dishonest as it appears at the national level? It's worse. They look right at you and lie. Um, It it doesn't matter. They're not loyal to a people. They're not loyal to to their constituents. They're not loyal to the law. They're not loyal to the Constitution. There is no loyalty nowadays. And definitely no honesty, integrity, and all that kind of stuff. When you find that in a politician, you should pay close attention because they are not the norm. It's it's weird how this works. And then kindness, just basic kindness. We're losing this. We're losing this as a society. Being kind. My my wife and I were very intentional, specifically me too, but with training my boys to be gentlemen. This was always a big deal to me. Little, little things that may not seem like a big deal, but it was a big deal to me. You, you open a door for a, a, a woman. You don't, you definitely do not walk in a door before her. That's, that's rude. Open the door, let her go through. Um, that's not popular nowadays. You'll get attacked for that stuff. I have been attacked for that. But here's the thing. That doesn't change who I am. I'm still a gentleman, even if she's not a lady. All right. But I mean, basic things. I know this sounds like a weird one, but I saw this. This was a couple years ago. I saw a picture of a guy and a girl walking down the street, and, and somebody had posted it and they said, what's wrong with this picture? I immediately knew what was wrong with this picture. Most younger generation have no idea what was wrong with the picture. The man should be on the outside, on the street side, and she should be on the inside because you're there to protect. Women say, well, I don't need a man to protect me. Whatever. That doesn't change me. I'm still a gentleman. I'm still going to protect. I'm still going to take care of those kind of things. That's, that's who I am. If you don't want me to open the door for you, stand there and we'll see who waits the longest. <laughs> you might win. I may fi- finally give up. But that doesn't change. Basic kindness. Being kind to, to business people. Being kind to waiters and waitresses. That's, that's something we don't do well as a society and not even in the church. Kindness, just kindness. You don't have to be a jerk. You, you can be kind. My daughter came to me a few weeks back and she said, Dad, the horn on my car is not working. I said, how do you know? <clears throat> Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart so that it's actually who you are. You're actually loyal and kind because it's who you are. Then, then you will find favor with both God and people, and you earn a good reputation. A good reputation is so important, and it is so lacking in our society today. we, We were talking about this. I'm going to, I didn't ask them permission, so I'm just going to say it and, and hopefully don't embarrass them. But um, the Stelix have a, have a, um, an auto shop. I took my Jeep down there to get work on. We were talking about this because this is one of the areas of life that people are very concerned about. Finding an honest mechanic, right? That's hard to do. And they are. I'm not saying that to say, and they're not. No, they are. They're honest <laughs> mechanics. But guys, that's difficult. There are certain things in life where you just don't trust people anymore. Why? Because we have been burned over and over and over. Basic things. Car mechanic, plumber, things like that. A roofer. We don't trust people. Why? Because, because there is no integrity anymore. There is, reputation is not important anymore. As long as I make a buck. Reputation to me is so vitally important. I tried to ingrain this in my kids too. You you can do a lot of things and get away with a lot of things, but someday it catches up to you because nobody trusts you. I want people to trust me, to truly trust me. Not, Not so I think he's a good guy. No, I know he is. And I trust him. I, said, I, know you, I know you're the same way. You, reputation is vital. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And here's an important sentence. Do not depend on your own understanding. We are caught up in a society right now that depends on their own understanding. Well, if I think you can be a different gender, then I've made up my mind. It's my understanding. There's so many genders out there. Let me tell you, no, there are two. In fact, I don't even like the word gender. I prefer the word Sex. But I, (laughs) I, (laughs) there's male and there's female and that's it. And here's the thing. You can trust to your own understanding. And here's the reality. You're a fool. There's male and there's female, no matter what society says. And we all really know it down deep, but there are people that really believe in their heart. Well, no, there's so many genders or so. No, it's, Trust in the Lord. That's where truth comes from. This other stuff is trusting in your own understanding. When I was 25, I thought I was the smartest guy on the planet. And, it, and it, in my mid to late 40s now, I recognize that I'm not the smartest guy on the planet. If you ain't figured that out as you get older, something's wrong. We, we think we're all that when we're younger. And then you realize, no, I, I, I really need to learn things. I need to know things. I need to be taught. I need to be educated. And that should never stop. Don't lean on just what you think. It'll destroy you. Get, get wisdom and truth from where? The ultimate source, which is God's word. Trust on the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own. Seek his will in all you do. And we're going to put some emphasis on that this year. Seek his will in all you do, and, and he will show you which path to take um, to show you how do you find God's will. How do you hear God's voice? I get that question probably as much as any other question. How do you hear God's voice? Well, we're going to talk about some, that some this year. How do you know what God's will is? We're going to try to help you with that. But here's the biggest thing is not just knowing God's will, but doing it. Because that's where the breakdown is, doing what God has said. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Now, this is key because he says, when you turn away from evil, verse 8, it says, then, in other words, it's qualified by the sentence in front of it, turn away from evil, then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. We don't, we don't talk about this much in the church nowadays. Sin causes problems in our life, physical, emotional, mental problems in our life, relational problems. Now, I don't believe that every time you get sick, you've sinned. But I do believe, I know, Scripture shows it over and over, that, that sin will cause sickness in your life. It will. But we don't even like to talk about sin at all. So how do we ever get to that point? As we've, got to, we've got to live a life of holiness. It affects us on every level, every single level. When we sin, it tears apart us and it tears apart the people around us. And, and when you're a parent, when you're sinning, you are directly spiritually opening the door for your children to be harassed by Satan in that arena. That's, that's not okay. That's not okay. Even if you keep it secret, you're opening the spiritual door. We're going to look at some of that. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part of everything you produce, that our our resource, time, energy, but also money, that's part of this, that the wealth that we have, the resources that we have, we've got to make sure that they belong to God and we're doing what God has said with them. Now, God doesn't mind if you go get a latte, as long as it's not at Starbucks. For the most part, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as narrow sometimes as we think. But what he says is when you do what he's told you, which is tithing, when you do that, that your grapes stay on the vine longer, get fatter and healthier, and your grapes are bigger and better than other people's grapes. That's what Scripture says. And so we want to make sure that financially we're doing what God has told us also. Um, I'm going to be talking about that in a few weeks. Then he will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. This is a big one. And don't be upset when he corrects you. In fact, you should be asking for the Lord to correct you. You should be seeking that. You should, be, you should be, have a lifestyle of repentance and asking the Lord, Lord, show me. Am I doing anything wrong? That's what David said. Search me. Find any way that's not okay within me and show me. This is, this is vital for us. For the Lord corrects those he loves. Just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. If, if, you, if you focus on these things, the way scripture is saying this, it's amazing what God began to, can begin to do in your life. As I mentioned after I go back from India, the, the people in the village that were saying, now that we're serving Jesus, everything in our life is better. Everything is different. We don't have the problems that we used to have. Mental problems, emotional, spiritual problems, and physical problems. That doesn't mean... Serving Jesus is, is living in perfection. Still, scripture says it still rains on that just and the unjust. We're going to unpack that a little bit. But really to focus in on when you're doing what the Lord has told you to do, it's amazing how much better your life is than when you're not. You can actually make that difference, and you get to choose it. You don't have to. I, I, I know people. I've got relatives that I've watched for decades Crash their life. And they still think that's the best plan. No matter what you say or do, they're still going to destroy their life. And and somebody like me, you come to them and you say, you know, if you just would stop doing this. (laughs) Just stop doing this. It's amazing. You can cut down on the amount of marriages you're having. If you'll just do this. you think I'm joking. So <clears throat> I, broke it up, I broke it down into these three things, kind of outlined it. Number one, God's Word. We're going to focus on that, what it means to lock it in your heart. What does it mean for you to intentionally build a plan that says, this is what I'm going to do with God's Word today, either a time frame or the amount of Scripture or whatever. You build it the way you want to. We're, I'm just going to encourage you to do that and give you some, some maybe guidelines. But to get in God's Word and to be intentional about that. The second thing, truth and kindness, or a new living it was loyalty and, and um, loyalty and kindness, but truth, kindness, loyalty, faithfulness, those are all different versions of those things to, to really focus on this, what does it mean for us to be um, people of, um, to be kind to people, to be truthful, faithful people? Not because we get a return on it, there's no return on that it's just because. That's who Jesus is. That's who he wants to be in your life, and that's how the Holy Spirit wants to do things with you. Three, trust in the Lord, which is true faith. Truly trust. Not just believe in him, but trust him. Number four, turn away from evil. He- healing and miracles do happen when you do that. Commit your wealth and resources to the Lord. Second section, verse 21, my child. Don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Man, it's, it's weird how the, the, the Solomon knew we needed to know that way back then. Common sense and discernment. Hang on to them for they will refresh your soul. They're like jewels on a necklace. They keep you safe on your way and your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear. We haven't done that well as a country over the last four or five years. Scared to death. Our leaders have... have, have convinced us to be scared to death to be in proximity of other people. because we've been doing this forever. People get sick, you get better. You know the best way to, to, to not get sick the next time? Get sick. I know that's not the popular plan. Linda caught this head call and I just started kissing all over. I didn't, did I? No, I didn't. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. That's, that's very similar to Psalms 91 too. Read that. For the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Do not w- withhold good from those who deserve it when it's your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help your neighbor. And we're going we're gonna to focus on some things. In fact, we're going to do some all church stuff around that, that thinking. Don't plot harm against your neighbor, for those who live nearby you trust you. I I feel this has just become so prominent in our country, plotting harm against people, enjoying it when people hurt and suffer. I I don't understand that. Don't pick a fight without reason when no one has done you harm. I see that all the time nowadays. Some people thrive. I've, I've, I've counseled people for over 30 years. Some people thrive. With division. They thrive with drama. They can't live without it. I I hate it. I don't want drama. I don't want division. Some people, that's how their heart beats. I'm telling you, that's not from God. So I broke this one down four more things. Number six, common sense and discernment. This is natural and supernatural. We're going to focus on some of that. Do not be afraid. God is in control. Number eight, no drama. That's simple. No drama. Work against it. Fix it. The ninth one, stay away from evil people. Why don't you stand with me? I want us to pray. And um, as a church, we're going to pray for us as a church. We're going to pray for us as individuals. But to really ask yourself, God, what do you want to do with me? What's your plan for this year? What you got on the horizon, Lord? God already knows every single second of this year coming up, every single second. So what does he wanna do? Talk to him, ask him about it. He's got a plan for you, just for you. Talk to him about it. Lord, we submit ourselves to you. God, I submit myself to you. Lord, that I I wanna pursue you. I wanna pursue your word, your spirit grace, your mercy. Lord, more than anything, I want to go after you. I want to be as close to you as possible. Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to be led by you. And Lord, I want to be obedient to you when you lead me. God, I pray that for every one of us in this room. God, every single person here, you have a plan for. Amen. You've got things that you want to do specifically with them. You've got things you want to show them. You've got things in your word you want to show them. God, you've got ways that you want to mature. Every single person in this room. God, first I pray if there's anybody in here that struggles with them being important to you, God, I pray against that right now. They are important to you. Every single one of us in this room are important to you. You have a plan. You have have goals for us to to set out toward and to meet. We have purpose. Lord, help us to see it. And then, God, help us just to commit ourselves. I pray for every one of us, Lord, that we would just commit ourselves right now. Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to keep my eyes on you this year. I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to focus on what you want me to focus on. Lord, help help us to get into your word and see that explode in our life, to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit more than we ever have before, as individuals but also as a body, that we walk in the gifts of your Spirit. And, Lord, that that we display the fruits of your Spirit all the time, Lord, we thank you because we know your your plan is way bigger than us, way bigger than us. God, all the things that you've got planned, we want to see it happen. And all the stuff that we've got planned outside of you, God, tear it down in the name of Jesus. So Lord, help us to, to, to truly just follow you. Lord, we pray for those on our right we pray for those on our left. Lord, help them to accomplish what you've got planned. Help their lives to belong to you this year more than ever before. Help them to pursue you more than ever before. And Lord, people that are not even part of church at Briargate yet, God, you've got a plan for them. As they come in here and they jump in, Lord, help them to see you Not see church at Bargate, but to see you, your spirit, your word, and a healthy body of people that are trying to pursue you. God, we pray for them right now before they ever get here. You've got some big plans, Lord. We know this. In the name of Jesus. Amen here's what i want you to to do <clears throat> normally i'll say something like hey maybe here's some homework or process it but i'm going to be very intentional about this okay I, I want you to do this that over this next week and in two or three weeks but specifically this next week because i'm going to start next week talking about these things and breaking them down and helping you develop this but write some stuff down piece of paper in your computer on your phone something write a plan and just, just kind of brainstorm. What do you think God wants you to do this year? What are some things that you would like to do this year? Just simple things. One of them for me is I, my front yard's been dying, and, and I need to bring it back. And um, and I've laid hands on it. Apparently, you got to seed it and fertilize it and stuff like that. So, um, but that's a big deal for me. May not be a thing. Okay, we got simple things, and and deeper things, right? Write down some stuff. This is what I think God is doing with me and this is what I, I want to try to accomplish this year. Write some stuff down because we're going to develop that over the next couple months and it's better if you have it written down ahead of time so that as you're sitting here and you've got your list that as God is speaking to you you can develop some of this stuff. It's hard to come up with it fresh and new at the beginning. So, so write some stuff down. Pray about it this week. Spend the first week of this year really, really praying and seeking God. God, what do you want me to do? And then we're going to unpack that over the next um, couple months. Sound like a good plan? All right. Before noon tomorrow, God's going to give you a chance to let somebody know Jesus loves them. Most people won't be up by noon tomorrow, but hopefully you'll take that opportunity. God will honor that in your life. It's a guarantee. So shake somebody's hand. Hug their neck. Tell them how glad you are that they're here. And we will see you um, Wednesday night. And if some of you could stay and help set up chairs for the youth tonight, that would be great.